1: Today is Tuesday, August 4th, 2020. On this day in 1944, Nazi officers raided a spice and jam warehouse in Amsterdam. They discovered eight hidden Jewish civilians and arrested them all, including 15-year-old Anne Frank. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Today we're covering a Nazi raid on an Amsterdam warehouse. The officers arrested two employees and eight Jewish hideaways, including Anne Frank, Let's go back to Nazi-occupied Amsterdam on August 4, 1944, a little after 10.30 in the morning. Victor Kugler reviewed the paperwork on his desk. He was an acting director of OPECTA, the company of Anne Frank's father, Otto Frank. This meant he oversaw all the business operations—hiring, inventory, sales, and stocking. His office wasn't the wealthiest or the most glamorous, but he was still proud of the company he'd helped build. The morning had been quiet so far. Operations seemed to be proceeding as usual. It was enough to lull Kugler into a false sense of security— right until the door swung open and several Nazi officers strode into his office. Kugler forced a welcoming smile. He greeted the police and pretended he was happy to see them, as any loyal citizen would be. The leader introduced himself as SS Hauptscharfuhrer Karl Zilberbauer. And in spite of Kugler's warm welcome, Zilberbauer seemed dead serious. He said he wanted to search the warehouse. Kugler didn't miss a beat, or at least he hoped he didn't. He agreed to walk the Nazis through the storerooms. If he acted like he had nothing to hide, hopefully the officers would believe him. Later, as they walked past jars of jam and crates and sacks of spices, Kugler reminded himself that the SS did random raids all the time. Zilberbauer's men didn't necessarily know anything. He told himself, if it is only a house search, I hope it will soon be over. And he tried not to think about the consequences, should they find something incriminating. Two individuals associated with the warehouse had already been arrested for selling illegal ration coupons. They'd been released, but the association still looked bad for Kugler. And then there were the labor concerns. The company employed a few people who, without their jobs, would surely be sent to the work camps. If these Nazi officers suspected that Kugler had hired people in order to circumvent the federal policy, he'd be arrested. And God forbid they looked too closely at the unobtrusive bookshelf in the warehouse. At a glance, it looked like an ordinary case, but it was actually mounted on a hinge and it could be slid aside to reveal a hidden doorway. Behind this door, eight Jewish people lived in secret. For two years, Kugler and three other employees had kept the families hidden. They'd snuck food and other supplies to them. If the Nazis discovered the hideaways, they could all end up in the camps. But Kugler reminded himself Zilberbauer's men wouldn't find them. They couldn't. The bookshelf was too unremarkable, the door and staircase behind it, too well hidden. Even as Kugler reassured himself, Zilberbauer searched the warehouse with an acute attention to detail. At one point, he strode directly toward the shelf. He examined the books with more than casual interest. There was no reason for him to pay such close attention, unless someone had tipped him off. Kugler realized the horrible truth just as one of the officers pushed the shelf aside. For a moment, he thought of shouting a word of warning to the families in the hidden rooms, but he knew it was too late. Their only possible escape would take them right towards the formerly secret doorway. They were all doomed. Up next, we'll discuss Anne Frank's life in hiding and her tragic death.
0: This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness.
1: On August 4, 1944, Nazi officers searched a jam and spice warehouse in Amsterdam. They found a hidden residence behind a bookshelf. After the raid, the Nazis arrested all eight refugees, plus two warehouse employees who'd assisted them, including Victor Kugler. All were sent to concentration camps. Between 1941 and 1945, the Nazis arrested and killed millions for their race, nationality, religion, sexuality, or disability status. It's hard to know how many people died in the camps, as officials destroyed most of the records of their human rights abuses. Some estimates place the total number of victims near 20 million. Six million were Jewish people. Publicly, the Nazis denied the attempted genocide. They claimed the camps were clean and safe, and that displaced Jewish people found good jobs in their new homes. But they couldn't fool all of their citizens. Many Jewish people and members of other minority groups fled in the 1930s and 40s, but some couldn't. And the people who were trapped in Nazi territory had few options. They could take their chances living openly as a Jewish person, they could falsify their identity and try to pass as a Christian, or they could go into hiding. In the summer of 1942, Otto Frank, his wife Edith, and their daughters Margot and Anne secretly moved into a hidden residence in the warehouse where he worked. Soon, more escapees joined him, his co-worker Hermann Van Pels and his family, and a dentist named Fritz Pfeffer. Everything we know about their lives in their so-called secret annex comes from 13-year-old Anne Frank. She carefully documented their two years in hiding in her diary. She described the steps they took to avoid discovery. They blacked out their windows so no one could see the occupants in the secret rooms. They didn't flush toilets during the day for fear that the employees below might hear the running water. Their life wasn't glamorous, but it was safe. At least until August 4, 1944, when Nazi officers, led by S.S. Hauptscherfuhrer Karl Zilberbauer, searched the warehouse they immediately discovered the hidden entrance to the secret annex, perhaps too easily. Some historians believe that someone betrayed the hideaways and tipped off the Nazis. But official records don't confirm the theory one way or the other. The eight civilians were arrested, as were Victor Kugler and another warehouse employee named Johannes Kleiman. All 10 were sentenced to concentration camps. Klayman was soon released and returned to work. Kugler escaped toward the end of the war and relocated to Canada, where he lived for nearly three more decades. Only one of the eight Jewish arrestees survived the camps, Anne's father, Otto Frank. After his liberation, Otto returned to Amsterdam and met up with a former friend who'd helped hide his family, Meep Geese. She gave Otto an unexpected gift, Anne Frank's diary, which the Nazis failed to seize in the raid. In 1947, Otto published the journal under the title, The Secret Annex. He spent the next few years seeking justice for his murdered family. He and Kugler cooperated with the police to determine who might have tipped off the Nazis. By 1948, they had accused a warehouse employee named Willem van Maren of the betrayal. However, a judge eventually dismissed their charges. There wasn't enough hard evidence to prove van Maren was the traitor. Historians have offered other theories about how the Nazis discovered the secret annex. Perhaps another tipster reported the hidden families. Or maybe the Nazis stumbled upon the hidden passage by chance. They may have been there to investigate unrelated labor law violations or illegal ration coupon sales. It's impossible to say for certain. Like many other Nazi atrocities, we know the broad strokes of what happened, but the details are lost to time. That's one reason that Anne Frank's diary resonates so much today. It's a rare first-hand account of life during the Holocaust. Anne died tragically young, but her words live on. And her testimony ensures that we'll never forget one of history's most horrific chapters. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. For more stories of notable people throughout history, like Anne Frank, be sure to check out ParCast Original, Historical Figures. Today in True Crime is a ParCast Original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast Originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite podcast originals, like Today and True Crime, for free, from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a Parcast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Joshua Kern. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Angela Jorgensen, with writing assistance by Abigail Cannon. I'm Vanessa Richardson.